well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for that very kind reception. And can I say, Jess, you are a fantastic representative for the Labour Party. I'm incredibly proud that you're a candidate, and I look forward to you being a member of Parliament. Jess Phillips, thank you. saying it's a great pleasure to be here at the St Brides Foundation and I want to thank them for hosting us here today. This is only a few hundred yards away from where the Labour Party was founded uh, more than a century ago. And I'm really glad that we have here not only Jess but many of our community organisers, party members from all around the country. I am proud of what you do for the Labour Party day in, day out. Now, I'm here today to talk about how we can build a different kind of politics in this country. A politics which is truly rooted in every community of this country and reaches out to people across every walk of life. That is what I mean by one nation. A country where everyone plays their part and a politics that makes that possible. It's about a politics that is open, a politics that is transparent, a politics that is trusted. In other words, exactly the opposite of what we've seen in Falkirk. A politics that was closed, a politics of the machine, a politics that was hated, and rightly so. What we saw in Falkirk is part of the death throes of the old politics. And the reason why Falkirk is so damaging is because it just feeds the mistrust that people have in politics. People thinking politicians are just in it for themselves, not to be trusted, not to be believed. Every time something like Falkirk happens, it confirms people's worst suspicions. Now you have a choice. You can take action or you can hide away. We're going to take action and we're going to seize the moment that Falkirk represents. As the Labour Party, the party of working people, we have a special responsibility to stand for a better politics. So I want to build, after Falkirk, a better Labour Party, a better politics for Britain. And that's what I'm going to do. And we're going to do so by shaping a party that is appropriate for the 21st century not for the 20th century. We, understanding we live in a world where individuals want a voice in our politics, where parties need to reach out far beyond their membership, and where our party always looks like the diverse country that we seek to serve, representing at all times the national interest. Building a better politics starts by building a party that is truly rooted in every community and every walk of life. A hundred years ago, the trade unions helped found the Labour Party. And decade by decade, from Neil Kinnock to John Smith to Tony Blair, we've been changing that relationship. We must do so again in this generation to build the new politics, to do more not less, to make individual trade union members part of our party. Three million shop workers, nurses, engineers, bus drivers, construction workers, people in the public and private sector, 
They should be the biggest asset that any political party in Britain has. But today, they are not. The problem is that they are not properly part of all that we do. Let's be frank about this. The vast majority are not members of local parties, not active in our campaigns. And we've got to turn that round. Working people should be right at the heart of our party. That's why our relationship with individual trade union members has got to change. Now, trade unions have political funds for all kinds of campaigns and activities as they choose. These funds are governed by law passed in the 1980s and there are arrangements where members can opt out from that political fund if they do not want that money spent on political activities. These activities cover a whole range of campaigning issues, not just help for political parties. We do not need to change that law on the right of trade unions to have political funds. But we do have to change the way individual trade unionists are affiliated to the Labour Party through these funds. At the moment, they are often affiliated automatically. Let me be clear. I do not want any individual to be paying money to the Labour Party in affiliation fees unless they have deliberately chosen to do so. Individual trade union members should choose to join the Labour Party through the affiliation fee, not be automatically affiliated. In the 21st century, it just doesn't make sense for anyone to be affiliated to a political party unless they've chosen to do so. Men and women in trade unions should be able to make a more active individual choice on whether they become part of our party. That would be better for these individuals and better for our party. Think of the potential of this idea. It could grow a party from a membership of 200,000 to a membership of far, far more than that, genuinely rooting us in the lives of people up and down the country. I have a message to the millions of trade union members currently affiliated to the Labour Party. With this change, I invite you to be at the centre of what we do, day in, day out, at local level. Together, let's change our communities and change the country. Now, moving to this system has big and historic implications for the trade unions and for the Labour Party. And they need to be worked through. But I am absolutely clear about the direction in which we must go. I've asked Ray Collins, former General Secretary of the Labour Party, to lead work on how to make this a reality. And he will look at the other party reforms that I'm proposing today as well. So a new politics starts with the vibrancy of our party. It also needs candidates for election who are chosen in a fair way and are properly representative of our country. And that is what we are doing as a party. It's why we've taken steps over the last few years to seek more candidates from backgrounds that are underrepresented. It's why I've put an emphasis 
on ordinary working people becoming Labour Party candidates. It's why we have all-women shortlists, which have got us to 33% of our parliamentary Labour Party being women. Not enough, because we've got to get to 50% of our parliamentary Labour Party being women. I'm incredibly proud of so many brilliant Labour Party candidates that we have around this country. Those who have served in our armed forces, those who have served in our health service, successful entrepreneurs, school teachers, shop workers, people from every walk of life. But we need to make sure that every selection happens in the fairest way. That's not what we saw in Falkirk. So we will have a new code of conduct for those seeking parliamentary selection. Observing this code of conduct in the selection process will be a condition for moving forward to being a parliamentary candidate for our party. Also, as a party which believes so strongly in equal opportunity, we have to take action on the issue of spending in selections. We cannot allow any part of our party to be able to stack the odds in favour of one candidate over another. That is not the principle of equal opportunity in action. That's why we will also urgently agree new spending limits for parliamentary selections to include for the first time spending by outside organisations. And the same goes for future selections for the European Parliament and future leadership contests as well. So a new politics involves a diversity of candidates from all backgrounds selected in a fair way. It also involves ensuring trust in members of parliament. Just as I'm incredibly proud of our candidates, so I'm incredibly proud of our MPs as well. All of them serve their local parties. They know they owe their allegiance to their constituents and to the country. That is the way they behave. Now, many constituency Labour parties have agreements locally with trade unions. These agreements are important. They help local parties campaign on issues that really matter to local working people. I want to be absolutely clear that there is a proper place for agreements like these, enabling people to campaign locally on everything from violence against shop workers to more apprenticeships. They help keep our party connected to the needs of working people. What a contrast to the Conservative Party that just stands for a few people at the top of society. But these agreements need to be properly regulated. So henceforth, the Labour Party will establish standard constituency agreements with each trade union so nobody can allege that individuals are being put under undue pressure at local level. But friends, there is another issue, and this is an issue that all parties must confront if we're to rebuild trust in politics. And it's time we talked about it. That's the pursuit of second outside jobs, sometimes paying higher salaries than the job of an MP itself. Decades ago, being an MP was often seen to be a second job. In fact, the hours of Parliament started in the afternoon so people could do their first job 
in the morning. We've changed that. But there remains a problem, a big problem, as recent episodes involving lobbying and outside interests have shown. The vast majority of all MPs have performed their duties properly within the rules, and raising this issue casts no doubt upon them. But we should question the rules. And that question of MPs' second outside jobs has been discussed but not properly addressed for a generation. It's a simple point. The British people expect their MPs to be representing them and not anyone else in the country. Of course, they understand that members of Parliament need to keep connected to the world beyond Westminster and will always write articles, give speeches. But can it really be right that the rules allow MPs to earn hundreds of thousands of pounds from private legal practice while they're supposed to be an MP or from outside corporations without any real form of regulation? We, as a Labour Party, will seek to change things in the next Parliament. That is why I believe, at the very least, there should be new limits on outside earnings, like they have in other countries, and new rules on conflict of interest as well. The British people must be reassured that their MPs are working for them.